Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Gooey Fame. It's our birthday! Yeah! yeah. I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe that this show is one year old? Uh, It feels... it it doesn't feel like it, actually. I was looking back on all our episodes and taking some tallies for later and... It was like, oh, we have. It doesn't feel like we've done this many, or I don't know, a year. I don't know. It's it's weird because like like with anything, I I'm kind of like, man, it feels like it just started yesterday, but it also feels like we've been doing it forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and, and, but like in a good way, and not yeah. not in a bad way. Yeah. It's never um, been not fun. Yeah, exactly. I was uh, I was also taking a look back at some of the movies that we've covered. And uh, I was thinking to myself, like, man, we've we've really covered a lot of video game movies. Like, this is awesome. And then uh, I kind of stopped and I was like, man, I wonder how many are even left. But, man, I started to think about it. And there is so much gold out there for us still to mine. Like, we're talking Rampage, Warcraft. We haven't even touched the Tomb Raider series. Uh, Resident Evil is still, (laughs) you know, God, that's a saga that we got to get that we got to get through. I mean, um, then, of course. Um, oh, what is it? The Wing Commander. Wing, com- Wing Commander never wins. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, there's just there's so much stuff that that we still got to get to. You know, you got the new shit coming out, like The Witcher, probably Sonic Two, uh, at some point, maybe another Detective Pikachu. I I think so. Yeah, and we just scratched the surface of like. Um, movies like Wreck-It Ralph or, you know, stuff like that where it's, like, about video games. Like, that's been fun to cover, too. So, like, th- I feel like there's just so much more. There's a plethora of movies for us to watch. Oh, yeah. Actually, I had a, a request today from a uh, a follow of ours, uh, Jedi Geek Girl. She's like, do you like Star Wars? I'm looking for podcast guests. And I was like, <laughs> do I? I talked for, like, three hours about The Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh yeah, we've got the the prequels still to cover. That's going to be fun whenever we get to that. So, so yeah, it, it's just uh it's been a wild ride one year of these video game movies. Some of them have been really eye-opening, some of them have been truly terrible. Some of them have been like a, a nostalgic trip back to my childhood. Yeah, some of them have changed uh my perception of movies as a whole. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I, I was listening today, Goo, to our episode uh, on The Witcher, actually, and where you're just like, I think House of the Dead broke me, and yeah, I was I was howling at that. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so good. What can I say? And I don't I don't know. Maybe it broke me too because we today's episode is all about well, it's about two things really, um, but essentially what Goo and I did is we were just like, all right, we're gonna. We're going to take like the Oscars, but then make our own awards for all the movies that we have covered in the last year of virtual theater. And House of the Dead did kind of good in these nominations. So uh, <laughs> maybe we're both fucked. I don't know. It's the spirit. It's the spirit of our show, I think. Yeah, that is the main event of today's show is going to be. Uh, we didn't actually decide on a name for these awards. I like that's, uh, that's okay. The virtual the the VTAs. I like oh, the virtual okay. theater awards. Hell yeah, the VTAs, baby. We come. They're, those <laughs> are prestigious awards. The inaugural VTAs. Yeah. So we we have got uh, 
a, a whole plethora of amazing movies up for nominations here. You should have been able to see them on Twitter. But before we get there, we got some news to plow through. And uh, we're going to touch a little bit on Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. We'll see how many times I fuck up saying that today. Because that's a mouthful. <laughs> Good luck. Um, the first little bit of news, actually, I'm going to take a second and just quickly plug one of my new projects. It is a new podcast that I got going on. It's all about Metroid. Uh, it's kind of like a sister show to the Champions cast over on Zelda Dungeon. It's called the Omega Metroid Podcast. Um, every week, every Tuesday, we're going to be talking some Metroid. Uh, definitely a little bit shorter episodes, so nice and easy, digestible to listen to. So if you're a Metroid fan... Come and uh, check that out. We're over on Podbean, over on iTunes, and uh, we got some really good reception so far to the first episode. And Gooey, thank you for proofreading or proof listening. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, first episode. It was great. As a I as a non like Metroid diehard, it was interesting to listen to. So it'll be a uh, eye opening for me to learn you know learn more about the series. And I, by God, I I'm gonna convince you to play Super Metroid pretty soon. I think we, we, I want kind of dancing around it. It's a matter of me having time, but I, I want to. Let's talk about some video game movie news. Uh, first up, we've got Eli Roth apparently making a new, or not apparently, actually. He's making a Borderland movie. Uh, what can you tell us about this, Goo? Um, I, that's all I know. I didn't, I didn't read anything about it. So, uh, I, you know what? I didn't either. And I, I was hoping that you could kind of cover my ass there. Cause like, I know the name, but like, I just don't know anything that Eli Roth has done. Oh, or maybe he, I do, but I don't know. Just Eli Roth in general. He, uh, he did hostile. Um, he was in, he's kind of, uh, known as like, um, uh, like a horror guy, I guess. But uh, I guess he's also like uh, associated with like Quentin Tarantino a little bit. He played uh, uh, Donnie the Bear Jew in Inglorious. Oh yeah, uh, that's that's where I know the name from. I think. And uh, yeah, he's. I think he's in like Death Proof and stuff like that. But he's he's this kind of guy. He's like in sport inspired by a lot of like the old kind of schlocky grindhouse horror and yeah i think he's responsible for uh one of the hostile movies he did like the death proof remake with bruce willis a couple years ago i don't think that's one of his big known fours but um right. i don't know i don't i don't really i'm not i'm not really big into him i feel like he's he's uh anything i have seen of him is i definitely appreciate his like fandom of like that kind of old school you know oh it would almost be like straight to video kind of schlocky the the grindhouse kind of uh yeah yeah but i feel like he kind of i don't know he always seems like maybe a try hard in that respect (laughs) uh at doing that and then borderlands is that doesn't seem like it fits well Um, and but i i've never played borderlands because it's mostly like a a co-op game and, and that's not really my jam all the time but like um it's I don't know. A, the the vibe seemed more like comedic to me well yeah but, but but that's kind of what he sort of brings with that too is like kind of okay the, you know that those type of movies are funny in a lot of ways they're like they're kind of messed up in a lot of ways and but then that's 
it, it like lightens it when there's some humor in there, you know, like when I, if you think of like planet terror, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like messed up, but it's also funny. It's, it's like riding that line between it. So I could see it for borderlands. But the thing is, I also view borderlands humor as like kind of trying too hard or like maybe, you know, 10 years out of date at this point. So to me, it's not a, I didn't read any into it much more than the two names. Cause I was like, uh, I don't know if I care, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I, and I think I'm in the same boat. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe we're just crotchety old fucks or something like that. But I just saw that and I was like, eh, Borderlands seems like, I don't know. I've never played it, but it, just the aesthetic of it is kind of, uh, maybe trying too hard is a good way to put it. Maybe you nailed it on the head, actually, because I, I never knew what it was, but I was always just mm-hmm. kind of turned off and never really wanted to give it a go. I know for its time, it was a really good co-op game like it was praised for that it's got a pretty unique style and maybe at the time the sense of humor people liked a lot more but anytime i've like seen something of it or like even advertisements for that the newer one it's like turned me off big time well that's fair hopefully the movie is okay um but yeah it's uh it's if it's awful you know that's just as great to me too because i I think I'd rather it be really bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe just because I feel like they, they could be slightly compatible, maybe it'll turn out good. I'd rather it be good, you know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd rather I like it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, if it's, that's a good if, way to put it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it could be bad and I'd like it. All right, here we go. Um, take a drink if you've heard this before. The Uncharted movie has found a new director. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there, this is director like number six, five, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's got um, a lot. Am I, am I saying this right, Mr. Ruben Fleischer? Fleischer? Fleischer, Fleischer, maybe. Fleischer sounds right. I don't know. <laughs> um, so so give us the dirt on uh, on Ruben here. Um, well, I was looking, it looks like he's directed... Um, People would probably know him from he's done the Zombieland movies and he did Venom, uh, one of my favorite movies of the year it came out. Um, but then I also saw he does he's done a lot of like TV, looked like some comedies and stuff like that. So pretty uh, pretty busy guy it looks like. Um, I don't know. Do you think uh, if if we're going based on what we know? from what he's done which i think would be zombie land or venom like do you think this is a good do you think this is good um you know what i never got around to watching venom because it just didn't seem like the venom <laughs> movie that i wanted so i i never and i think i was just like burned out uh, a little bit with superhero movies at that time okay um run the jewels though had a fucking awesome song for the venom soundtrack i'll say that hell yeah uh, uh you know zombie land is is funny it's it's not like my favorite. But, I think a, uh, I think like a lighthearted tone in Uncharted works, right? I, like, yeah, I, I was gonna say I I think that that kind of like not slapstick, but that lighter tone is is what this movie needs. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think like if you got Tom Holland, like obviously that's probably the vibe that you're gonna get with that. So it's good to have a director that kind of complements that. Um, and as well, Mister Antonio Banderas joined the cast. Oh and yeah. He's another guy like this motherfucker is hilarious. I think that Antonio Banderas is like a, a super underrated funny guy. 
He's so funny. He's also, he's also an incredible actor, I think. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of people recognize that, but like when I I think of a lot of movies of his, um like all the Robert Rodriguez ones or like even like Mask of Zorro I saw when I was a kid and I was just like okay. fuck fuck this guy's hilarious. Like I I always thought he was really funny and I viewed him almost as like a really funny actor whereas I think most people view him as like and rightfully okay. so like this this awesome actor, you know. So you you saying he can like do both here. Yeah, I He's think He's like so. the right person. I I saw one thing I thought was funny. Um, someone else pointed this out, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But like last year, um, or like this year, a film he was in won best international feature at uh at the Oscars or whatever, and he he was in it. And I I saw a lot of people saying it was like maybe his greatest work. You know, like a very serious film or whatever. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's called Pain and Glory. But uh, I saw a lot of people saying, like, it's funny, like, coming off of that, he's now joined, like, the Uncharted movie, like, a video game movie. <laughs> and he also was in Doolittle, <laughs> which I saw a couple weeks ago, which was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about the last piece of news. The latest Resident Evil movie has been announced. Actually, it's not. It's a Monster Hunter movie. <laughs> but we've got uh, we've got Paul W., Back in the driver's seat, directing the one, the only, Alice, a.k.a. <laughs> Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. I, always, I always fuck that up every yes. time. Um, but yeah, she's she's back. She's looking pretty badass. Uh, there's two promotional posters released, one with uh, Alice and one with Tony Ja. Yeah, and they're both, they both have these big-ass weapons. She's got this super huge sword. I think it's it looks awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome. I, you know, yeah. I think we know how the movie's gonna be, um, which is I, awesome. I literally think it'll be Resident <laughs> Evil Seven. Hell like, yeah, pre- pretty much. Which, um, which just, is okay. I'm okay with it. It's, I've, I'm, it's growing on me even more. Like I, even though we haven't seen the future ones, I feel like I'm gonna love them. And uh, I'm just glad they're. You, you said it before you recorded, but they're a power couple. They yeah, they're, they're are. Hunter and Stephanie. Yeah, they are just like cranking these out. Um, yeah, you know, I will say this: I, I was driving uh, a couple days ago, maybe a week ago, and I had on our episode on Resident Evil Apocalypse, and uh, I, there was a line I think that I said in there which kind of put it into perspective for me, and okay. it, it was just like. I think I said something along the lines of like, you know, I have to accept that this is not the movies that I would make, but this is the <laughs> movies that they are. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, here's an analogy. Did you ever watch the show Gotham? No, I've never watched it. You know what it is though, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I watched the first season and when the, when the show was announced, I was just like, hell yeah, it's going to be like this gritty film noir style, like detective show where there's like cold cases or just like all this this crazy stuff like gangsters and stuff like that and i was like fuck yeah and then when the show started it's like this crazy lunatic show with these it's kind of like batman and robin it has the same vibes as batman and robin uh, like, okay. the, like the schumacher movie so i was just like i was like you know this isn't the show i want but it's still good in its own like goofy way so mm-hmm. when we cover resident evil whatever the next one is I'm going to try and go in with that mindset. That's what I'm going to do if I ever yeah. keep watching uh, Witcher. Because I just, I in my head, I, I had envisioned a Witcher show that I liked. And it wasn't what they're making. 
And see, I think the rest of The Witcher actually turned out pretty decent, although there are some some shoddy moments, to be sure. Yeah. I'm going in with an open mind whenever that occurs. <laughs> well, there you go. So Resident Evil 7 Monster Hunter, uh, that's coming. I don't know. Did they have a date for that or not really? Uh, it was this year, I, I September or something. Oh, I'll, that's not even that far away. Maybe. I don't remember that's, for sure. Also, it's bad that it's not August. That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Monster Hunter coming out in the springtime. That might be the next uh, movie to hit theaters, actually. Video game movie. Unless yeah, I'm missing something. I, I can't wait to cover it. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm excited for that. You know what? Maybe I'll play Monster Hunter World before that movie comes out. Because I've heard that uh, that Monster Hunter World is is like actually quite awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried playing Monster Hunter before. It's a bit it's a bit um hard to get into as a new player, yeah. but I want to. It I feel like if I did, I would love it. That's fair. Um all right, so uh let's get let's get right into the action here, Goo, and talk a little bit about Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. We've already covered Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, so we're going to kind of blitz through this a little bit. I did have some notes that I jotted down while I was watching this. Um, just like a little bit of observations, key differences, stuff like that. So we'll we'll kind of gloss through this. But um, I guess really quickly, what did just very generally, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, it was basically kind of the same movie. Like with there's there's not really changes of note. I don't feel like. Or like that are uh, like no alter the story in a lot of ways. I did feel like maybe it's just because I like saw it already recently and had it in my mind, but like for some reason, like the dots of like Mewtwo's character were connecting a little bit better for me. And I, I like every once in a while, like there was like a slightly altered line, but I don't think I don't think it was like seriously did anything to like change that for me. Maybe it's just because I like you know, like I said, I've seen it recently, so it it like went, I went with the flow a little bit more, you know? Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I, I think that you're, you're right. It was like a beat by beat remake. Pretty much. There are a few key instances here and there that differed. Um, but I think like it, it, it was, it was pretty good. I don't know that I would necessarily say that I liked it more than the original, but I do think that, um, Mewtwo in particular did have some some lines or whatever that kind of it helped explain his position a little bit better. Although, um, like I said, I was listening to our Witcher episode and at the top of that episode, we talk about this movie coming out, which actually apparently February 27th is Pokemon Day. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Well, that's why I came out on February the 27th. All right. But uh, yeah, so we were talking and I was kind of saying, like, I hoped that this movie would adhere a little bit more to the Japanese release, which I guess paints Mewtwo as more of a Shades of Grey character. And Mm. I think that this movie does that to like a small, small, small extent, but not really enough to where I I was satisfied with it. Yeah. Yeah, his... It just made a little bit more sense to me for whatever reason. Uh, but otherwise, it was pretty much the same. Um, they just made it look 3D or whatever, which looked kind of cool, I guess. 
I yeah, I thought the movie looked great actually. Um, like pretty much from from top to bottom. There is a couple outliers here and there that I thought looked weird, but oh, really? as a um well, you know what you know what I just think looked weird and the character didn't work for me at all in this kind of uh animation was Brock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I don't know, just you know, it's kind of charming when like he has no eyes in the anime, but like like he had no eyes in this movie too. It's just I, I don't know, it seemed weird to <laughs> me. Yeah. Uh yeah, it worked for me all right. Um you know the 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 weird cuz I, I again, I get that they're not going to like alter things, uh, you know. So like a, a problem I had really was that there was not once they all got there, there wasn't like character development. It was just like you know, Ash kind of doing the same thing over and over, persisting, and then eventually, mm-hmm. like, like the the idea that turns Mewtwo is Ash, you know, sacrifices himself for his Pokemon, but he's doing that the whole time, so it's not like, you know, yeah, a surprise. It's not thing. this big coming to Jesus moment. But um, what really got me that they did change was that they made the beginning was like a little bit longer. Because in the yes. original movie, it's just a montage, and I actually thought it was cool in the original because they had some like found footage elements to it, and like I always like if you go back and listen, I think I was like pretty stoked on the intro. I feel like it has a cool intro where they're like, you know, we created, we tried to create a, the most powerful Pokemon, and we succeeded, and then they blow up. Like this doesn't have that moment. Um, it's less scary, and it also just feels like it takes longer. But I guess if you shortened it, like, it's not even a movie length, you know? <laughs> like, the movie's already short, so I don't know what you could have done. I, I'm on the flip side. I actually think I liked the longer intro a little bit more. Oh, okay. it, it just gives you a little bit more time to, like, understand where Mewtwo's coming from. Because, like, in the first movie, he's just, like, he was, like, I'm created. He blows up the lab, and he's, like, fuck this, I'm evil. Um, uh-huh. And, and, and this, in this movie, I feel like they maybe just, like... Gave him a little bit more room to breathe, and mm-hmm. um, you know they maybe it's just me, but it, it seemed like a little bit of a longer time that he spent with Giovanni. It seemed yeah. like like more of a a gradual turn rather than the the first movie, which was just a rapid fire. Um, I actually I noticed this too um, in the first movie when Mewtwo like literally destroys his pod. Um, all the scientists in the first movie are like popping bottles of champagne they're cheering and stuff like that and in this movie they're doing the same thing but when they realize that Mewtwo is like (laughs) about to get like really serious there is at least an attempt to hold him back they have these like dark beam jail things Mm -hmm. and uh to me I was just like okay well that makes him seem less stupid this time because like in the original movie they're just like he destroys this pod he's clearly angry and they're all partying and then he just fucking blows him up I I did like that little tweak. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it was, I liked it. Maybe if they, for me, maybe if they had taken some of that stuff in the beginning and like peppered it throughout the movie to like, you know, give Mewtwo characterization throughout, it would feel less static. You know what I mean? Where you kind of like learn more about him and kept. Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 I got, I'm, I'm a genius. I know. But if Dude, I would have, you, sh- you should have wrote this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm fixing the Pokemon movies. I'm taking it to task. 
But overall, um, I mean, I I kind of was casually watching it and like, yeah, this is a Pokemon movie. It's it's pretty good. They they cut out the brother my brother th- song though, so yes. You know what? I was totally okay with that, actually. <laughs> yeah. There still is an extended sequence of all everybody going, "Oh, this is awful." Oh. <laughs> that that fucking scene, dude, went on for so long. And actually, so let's just let's just kind of jump around here um cuz I I have I did take a little bit of notes here, but let's oh, okay. just let's just go right around. That fucking scene. I when it started, I was writing out. I'm like like man, this is way better cuz instead of like the the beating your head, you just see like slow motion Pokémon are fighting, you can see they're exhausted. And I was like, okay, this is much better. But then like you spend two fucking minutes of everybody just like this is terrible. Stop fighting. Why are they fighting? And it's like, okay, I get that this movie is for kids, but like, Jesus, like you, you haven't just hammered the point home. You've, you've taken a sledgehammer and destroyed the thing, you know, like we get it. (laughs) Yeah. it, It still had some of that stuff. So, you know, one thing it did well, uh, or not, I don't know why I say did well, but, uh, it made Team Rocket make a little bit more sense in the movie, in that like I understood what their plan was, I guess, in the beginning, like because uh, they say like, oh look, there's Pikachu and all these Pokemon. We know they're hunting Pikachu and them. That's fine, but in the original, they sh- they show up with this like shitty b- boat and they're like, uh, get on our boat. They have the submarine and I yeah, or whatever they had the Lapras boat. That thing was awesome. So you get the idea that like. I don't know, they're gonna, like, capture him, capture them in this boat, like, whereas in the other movie, you're like, what are they gonna do, like, <laughs> you know, like, I guess in this, it's still a bad plan, but it, I feel like it just at least made sense, like, okay, they were gonna get him in there, and then they accidentally wound up on the island, whereas in the other one, I'm like, I don't know why they showed up as Vikings. We we should also note, actually, that when they when Team Rocket pulls up in their Lapras boat, they have a banger of a song that they sing <laughs> yeah, to lure so- Ash and the gang into the boat. I was like, so weird. Fuck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I, dude, I was like, I was like, who wouldn't get on this this Lapras? Like, it, it, it's it's not even a hover boat. It's like a full on like this thing goes mock speed when they <laughs> when they get into the hurricane. Actually, another classic boat moment in virtual theater history here. <laughs> it's still not a good Team Rocket movie, I don't think. Like, they don't do no. anything. The only good thing that could come out of it, and they don't do it well, is the fact that Meowth can, like, translate uh, apart from just Mewtwo, you know? Like, he can talk to his counterpart. But otherwise, like, Team Rocket just kind of, like, hangs out in the back and watches, like, the clones be made. And that's all. They're just standing there. That's what everyone does in the movie is just like stand there. All right. So I, I'm going to complain about something that maybe some younger listeners won't have even noticed. But man, when I when I started watching this and Ash Ketchum started talking, I was like, who the fuck is this? This isn't Ash. And then Misty said something and I was like, that ain't Misty. Brock sounded like a 50 year old dude. Jesse and James showed up, and James in particular sounded so fucking weird, like, just not what I grew up on. Meowth sounded more or less okay, but man, like, all the voice actors have been changed from the from the cast that I grew up watching, 
and I hated it. Oh, really? It's I I, I it, did. I thought it was the same the same person. No, Veronica Taylor was the voice of Ash for the first let's see, eight or nine seasons, I wanna say. Oh and they and they replaced her with um someone else. And whoever whoever they replaced her with has been the voice of Ash for like the last ten years or however long it's been. So it, it's not like this person is new or was yeah. cast for this movie. Yeah, because I remember watching some video with the current Ash like ten years ago. <laughs> And just thinking yeah. that was it. Okay. To to me, it's just so foreign, especially because I'll I'll still watch an episode of uh, Pokemon every now and then. Okay. Yeah. No, it didn't bother me really. I I like they didn't sound weird or anything, so I didn't really actually. I thought it was the same until now. <laughs> Other than you know, Meowth did sound different, but like everyone else sounded fine. Um, I I think that James and Brock sounded the not the worst but they were like the most different um misty was was pretty much i'm not sure because i looked it up when i heard ash talk because i knew right away i'm like that's not you know that's not veronica taylor so i looked it up but like if you're if you're just kind of watching and going with it she sounds close enough to what i remember and misty is the same and jesse is the same um yeah i don't know you're just old you're just old yeah i'm just an old timer it's not my (laughs) pokemon you know yeah and shout out to that Russian scientist, actually, as well. Or I, don't, I don't know what the fuck she was. Maybe she was a cop. Oh, yeah. Again, another thing from the original. It's like <laughs> they kept the movie, so it's like, fine. I'm not mad about anything. But what is her character? <laughs> they are Pokemon trainers. Yeah, stupid. That's stupid. But I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it. Another couple notes. I thought that the cloned Pokemon looked really fucking cool in yeah. 3D, especially. And like the clone starters, rather. I thought they looked badass. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely liked the, the look of a lot of the Pokemon, especially the clone ones. But like even mm-hmm. down to like the Ponyta or whatever, like the flames look pretty yeah. sick on that. Yeah, definitely cool looking Pokemon. Yeah, I I really dug that um, that starters versus clones fight when like it was just the three of them. It was like Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur going up against um, the the clone versions. I thought that that fight was like wicked. Yeah, it looked pretty sweet. Yeah, I was I was marking out for that. <laughs> um, like I said though, like I feel like the movie, like after after that scene, like it it fucking drags, and I feel like the first one did as well. And I kind of came to a realization last night. That the reason that Pokemon the series works, I think, as well as it does, is because they're like they're twenty minutes max. Like I, I think that like an hour and a half is just too long for one Ash Ketchum story, no matter what. Almost. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a goofy kids show. It's not even, it's not even that great of a show. It's just you know what are you gonna get mad about? I mean, here we are getting mad about the movie, but you know. It's it's not low stakes, I guess, is what I would call it. You know, I'm not too invested. I love watching the show because it's nostalgic. And even these movies I've enjoyed watching. But, you know, there's only so much you get out of these. Um, another gag that they took out of this movie was when Team Rocket uh, is fucking up the who's that Pokemon thing. In the original one, I think they call a Sandshrew a Sandslash or something like that. And in this movie, they say Sand Slash, but it is actually 
a sand slash. Oh, they so fixed it. Oh. They they fixed it, and I was hoping that they would leave it. <sighs> yeah, that would been that would been good. Um. So yeah, I mean, overall, my takeaway from this movie is it it kind of reminded me gooey of the Link's Awakening remake. Okay. Looks a lot. It looks a lot better. Doesn't necessarily replace the original. Um, there's not really enough extra or different about it to maybe justify its existence, but I'm not upset. Uh, I, I had fun with it and you know, it's, it's something that it, it was forgettable, but it was a good enough time. I think is how I would describe it. I don't fully back the Link's Awakening comparison. Um, no, no, just, that's kind of how I feel about Link's Awakening, the remake, actually. Well, maybe that's for another day. <laughs> but I do. Th- I think with that, I think more there was some care put into that in terms of the art design and the music. Whereas this, uh, it, to me, I would compare it more to, in not every way, but to doing like the Lion King remake, where it's like we just want to sell this move, this movie. To people again let's make it look f- fresh and new and not really do much else and uh well in that they actually do change a lot but you know what i mean like we've just put a like a fresh coat of paint i think we both agree on the pokemon movie aspect that it is yeah. just like here we just like updated a little bit more all right so like we said at the top of the show it is virtual theaters one year birthday Hell yeah. Happy birthday to us. Mm. And to celebrate, we are coming at you with the VTAs, the Virtual Theater Awards. And we are giving out awards to every movie that we have covered in the past year, with the exception of Avengers, Star Wars, and Wreck-It Ralph. Um, Every movie that we watched is eligible to be nominated in these um, carefully selected criteria. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that yes. that we have uh have deemed necessary the, for our the VTAs virtual here. theater academy has looked this over yes it's everything was the, the votes were counted twice so that there is no foul play um <laughs> so we, let's just let's just go ahead and get right into it goo i'm i'm ready all right our first vta is for the best side character in a virtual theater movie and the nominations are Michelle Rodriguez from Resident Evil. <laughs> who could who could forget that badass portrayal? That amazing one of the best portrayals of Michelle Rodriguez I've ever seen. Probably my favorite portrayal of Michelle Rodriguez since I watched Michelle Rodriguez in Avatar. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah. That character was great in that movies. Uh, that movies, that movie. <laughs> um next up, the next nomination or the next nominee is Iggy and Spike from super mario brothers i mean need we say more these are yeah two legends <laughs> absolutely uh next up alfred molina as jack sparrow as we don't actually know what his character's name was his from name. He, he's in prince of persia though and he's doing lots of funny shit he, yeah he's uh he's doing a good job at giving a very he's given a very specific task let's just say <laughs> Uh, and he and he hams it up like nobody's business. Speaking of hamming it up, our next nominee, Raiden from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
<laughs> Good old Christopher <laughs> Lambert here, um, bringing his Highlander powers over to the Mortal Kombat series. What what a gentleman. Uh, <laughs> speaking of gentlemen, our last nominee for the best side character, Captain Kirk from House of the Dead. Who could forget that iconic moment of Captain Kirk standing in the rain, smoking a cigar and blasting zombies with an AK-47? Yeah, I remember when he gets that, like, <laughs> that sniper rifle or whatever with the crazy <laughs> scope. Oh. Uh, that's pretty much Uwe Boll's stand-in character in that movie. Yes, Uwe, <laughs> yeah. You you know that he was just like, God damn it, this guy's so cool. <laughs> well, Goo, should we reveal the winner of the best side character? Yeah, do you have the envelope? <laughs> I have it there. Maybe maybe in post here we could get some, some neat music in. I don't know. Ooh, that's um, instead, yeah, let's... Iggy and Spike from Super Mario Bros. Yes. And I mean, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, they uh, they're hilarious. They're they're so good. Everyone else we said was, you know, commendable in their own ways, but Iggy and Spike uh, just really keep you going throughout that whole movie. Here's a little piece of uh, of trivia for everybody listening in the virtual theater Discord, which you should absolutely join. Uh, Goo and I have a private channel called Iggy and Spike where we talk about things in the show. I think that really says it all right there. Yeah, we're biased, but (laughs) (laughs) they got it for a reason. Uh, Let's let's get going here and let's talk about the best moment of the year. And man, this one was tough. There were so many like it was tough to nail narrow it down to five. Goo, do you want to run through these or do you want me? Sure. Yeah. So, okay. uh, of course, Alice riding her motorcycle ramping it into the church in Resident Evil 2, uh, blowing up the liquors. I I don't even know how to explain the physics, but it's an incredible moment. Her fucking motorcycle just (laughs) flies in the air. It drives by itself. Truly. What the fuck? Earth-shattering, mind-bending moment. Um, Of course, we have uh, the iconic Doom monkey from (laughs) Doom. Uh, scaring the shit out of some guy in that movie and then getting completely uh, vaporized with bullets, uh, blood dripping from the vent. <laughs> Just one of the greatest <laughs> moments in film history. Uh, God damn. We almost put Doom Monkey as a, as a best side as character. As a side character. <laughs> If he wouldn't have got eviscerated in like two seconds, maybe, uh, if he had maybe we would have. Um, okay, so we uh, we have uh, Tails showing up in the post credit scene of Sonic. Spoilers Woo! for anyone out there, but come on. Uh, that was such a hype moment for a lot of people. I thought it was pretty cool. I loved it. That was my favorite part of Sonic. Yeah, I mean, you could almost have predicted it, but it's that doesn't mean it's not something everyone wanted, so... Um, here we've got a very personal one we've got from Super Mario Brothers when, uh, Yoshi uses his tongue to attack Lena and gets the greatest pop of the movie and then is immediately stabbed by Lena and it's the, the biggest boo and disappointment of the movie. Just so many. So for some, for some context there, there's about like 25 of us watching this in Mossy's basement in the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. 
Um, I had brought the movie with me, and fuck when Yoshi saved Daisy with his tongue, like all twenty five people there erupted. It was like this huge, massive cheer. And the next, the next moment was just heartbreaking. Was when Lena stabs him. Everyone was <laughs> gasping. They were booing. It was people were my genuinely God, that was worried good. about the state of Yoshi. And luckily, yeah. he made it out. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a good boy. And then finally, uh, we have the henchman in Detective Pikachu being revealed to be a ditto. Or it's not the henchman, is it? Um, it's it's actually the, like son. the main bad guy. Yeah, the son. Or who you think and, is and, the main and bad guy. And you think that he's the main bad guy, but like he's wearing sunglasses the whole time. And you find out that the dude's actually been captured the entire time. And when he takes his sunglasses off, he has the ditto eyes. And I popped for that. I thought it was great. That was a really clever, fun moment. Well, all five are incredible moments, but there can only be one. And the winner is... Doom Monkey, of course. Yeah! <laughs> Honestly, that's it's so... So amazing. It's just so amazing. That, and so memorable that it, that's one of the first episodes we did and it persists till this day. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great moments in, in that list, you know, especially Yoshi popping the whole room. But holy shit, was Doom Monkey ever just on another level? <laughs> Congratulations. Right. Let's keep it going. The, the next award is for the sickest soundtrack of the year. Um, and let's let's get this going. Our first nominee <laughs> is House of the Dead, and this this pretty much made it on here for its one song, did it not? <laughs> my heart feels no pain, my soul feels no shame. Uh, that scores that uh, zombie sequence. It's it's a uh, it fires you up for sure to kill some zombies. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, next up, Mortal Kombat, and who could forget this absolute techno banger soundtrack just pumping at you full blast full speed yeah it's something else um and not only that but it's it's got um it's also got some uh metal in there too it's like a it's kind of the like mix of what paul has gone for in his uh gaming adaptations and it, it it's two prominent types of music in video gaming i think is like EDM and metal. So it's it's a cool fusion of both. And of course, that opening theme is just gets you going. Yeah, I mean, you know, if why why pick one when you can have both? Right. So exactly. Mortal Kombat does that. Um, the next nominee, Pokemon, the first movie, we got a banger of a remix of the iconic Pokemon theme. We've got that uh, that fine brother crying song, whatever the fuck that was called. There's good. There's some uh, good pop tunes in the trailer. I remember, or in the credits at the end. Yeah, I mean it's Pokemon. Pokemon. You know, yeah, that, that music's good. Um, the next nomination is the Mario Scoot <laughs> and the rest of the soundtrack <laughs> from Super <laughs> Mario Bros. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Yeah, who could forget? You want to have the walk the dinosaur played at your wedding? <laughs> no you know what i'm going to yes exactly. i'm i'm putting my foot down right now i put it on our playlist it's gonna happen uh, and, and also shout out to roxette for almost unreal i actually not ironically but i actually love that song yes and there's a great mario brothers theme music video that goes along with it it's pretty funny uh last nomination here 
Resident Evil. <laughs> yes, that also gives us. There's also a great music video associated with this. There's the the Slipknot song that's in the trail <laughs> in the credits, uh, and you know that going around uh, along with the the liquor train fight. What could be better? Well, the winner, Gooey, of the VTA for <laughs> sickest soundtrack is. Mortal Kombat. Uh, I mean, this soundtrack went platinum, so I feel like it's just like statistically, it's got to be the best one, right? You know, you know when a really popular movie uses an old song and then that old song gets to the top of the charts. Yeah, yeah. That's. I, I think that's going to happen now that people know that we've selected Mortal Kombat as the winner of. of <laughs> We're giving soundtrack. it a boost. <laughs> Absolutely. That these are these VTAs are not to be underestimated. These are incredibly prestigious. Hell yeah. Let's move on to our next category. Goo, take it away. Uh, we have the one-liner Jesus. <laughs> category I'm, I'm sorry i don't know why i named it that. <laughs> uh basically it's the best one-liners from the movies um oh we never looked these up to get the right <laughs> you know they're they're more or less what we wrote down here i believe uh okay so i believe uh <laughs> slow king in pokemon the movie 2000 or whatever power of one says i could use pants which <laughs> I can't do it justice. I I'm really sorry about that, but it really it's a really a bonkers delivery. I think in that film, it's just so random and literally out of nowhere. This Pokemon just being like, "I need pants," <laughs> <laughs> which it's true, you know. Um, uh, yeah. Hey. So what else we got? Okay, so we have, uh, of course. M. Bison in the Street Fighter oh. movie is famous. For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Oh, damn. This when he sh- I get the chills just hearing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's a great one. Uh, in Mortal Kombat, when Raiden tells our heroes <laughs> the fate of the universe rests on your shoulders and then goes <laughs> sorry <laughs> so mind boggling um, of course I don't even know what this means or oh what what are the all time worst lines ever does Tifa in Advent Children say don't dilly dally shilly shally that she says that or does Eris say that no, Tifa says that, and she literally just says, dilly dally shilly shally. And when I first heard that, I was like, what the fuck? And then on, <laughs> on cue, she's like, dilly dally shilly shally, and it's so fucking horrendous. Well, we use that in our Zelda ad, so it clearly inspired you. Hey, there you go. And then finally, our last one comes in Super Mario Brothers after Luigi and Mario have made the Goombas <laughs> and Koopas dance in an elevator and just when you think Bowser's or Koopa has got them down he gets radioed with the Goombas are dancing again sir <laughs> as and as Luigi says when Mario asks how'd you know that they do that Luigi says everybody likes dancing 
duh. It's kind of a twofer there. You know, picking just one line from uh, Super Mario Bros. was tough. And kind of the same thing with Street Fighter, because there's so many iconic lines in there that, like, really all of the movies should almost be up for, for these one-liner awards. I, yeah, Mar- Mario Bros. is hard, too, because it's so so much is, like, like, context, I feel like. Like, it's like, for example, like, when they find hear about plumbers... And Koopa yeah. goes, plumber alert. <laughs> it's so funny that that's, that's the, his response. The, but it's like. Just the, the best thing when Koopa just. Plumbers. plumbers. <laughs> like that fucking kills me. Or one that always sticks in my mind is when uh, when they go, Mario, it's Scapelli. And Mario goes, strap your belt on, kid. We're going in. <laughs> so Well, there could only be one. Yeah. So we couldn't give it to that. And of course, we had to give it to the movie that is, I think, really packing the punches on the one-liners, which is, of course, Street Fighter with M. Bison's, it was only, a, it was Tuesday line. But there's so many Oh, man. There's Giles, you know, kicking Bison's ass. I'm going to kick that son of a bitch Bison's ass so hard, the next Bison wannabe is going to feel it. Good shit. So good. <laughs> Remember, yeah, that, that, let's not go down that road because we could just <laughs> spend all day quoting Street Fighter of here. Um, okay, so next award that we have is Best Adaptation. And this one's kind of like, I think we settled on adaptation as in like what kind of was the most similar to the game or the vibe of the game. So like Super Mario Bros., for example, is not this cyberpunk game so that's not included for best adaptation so uh, let's go let's go through the nominees here uh first up detective pikachu i think that that nails the pokemon aesthetic um next up castlevania which you know it's this brooding gothic fucking world or whatever uh ace attorney which is like really a a shot for shot almost version of that video game we did give our our pals uh, from Prince of Persia some love here. I I think that it captures the the kind of aesthetic of the games in a in a fun way, and of course Mortal Kombat because everybody looks like they do in the game. It, and yeah, it's got the we already talked about the music and the yeah some of the cheesiness. It's it, a big part of this too. I think is like not just like adapting it, but like really bringing it to life. You know, and I think Mortal Kombat does that. You know, I think that actually all of these do a really awesome job in their own way of just kind of selling the the vibe of their respective series. Um, but, again, there can only be one. So, without further ado, the winner of the VGA for Best Adaptation is Detective Pikachu. Yeah. I think it's, for me, it's the best thing about the movie is that they just committed to bringing a pokemon world to real life you know and 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 didn't didn't shy away from anything and they they were like really dedicated to it yeah uh, i i agree like for me it was just seeing it's kind of like the movie that we just watched actually but like seeing live action all these pokemon and stuff like that and like the world just felt so alive and in i yeah i i loved it i think uh I liked a lot of things about Detective Pikachu, actually. I don't know that I'd say the adaptation was my favorite part, but, like, the, it certainly was a strong aspect in just how they 
they brought that world to life but like it wasn't a carbon copy of any of the games it was also its own yeah. unique thing so and it was like yeah just seeing you know the pokemon in the world like you know like you had the machoke like directing traffic or whatever you know or like there's the snorlax in the road too which is like yeah you would deal with that kind of stuff in a real pokemon world like pokemon interfering or helping or whatever uh, yeah, a hundred percent. So I think that that is well deserved for um, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> uh, let's move on. This this next award was a late edition, and uh, we were inspired. My my fiance campaigned for this award to be included. Yeah. So this award is called Most Roll Tide, which I feel weird saying Roll it. Tide. I don't even know what that means. I've I've chosen not to know. <laughs> I you know what. I don't know what it means either. Like, like I said, I think so in the very first episode, I think I said, like, I listened to uh, a wrestling podcast and when they say roll tide, it basically means like somebody's really hot or something's really awesome. Okay. But like, I just like the way it's, it's fun to say, like, I don't really care what it means. Okay. You just say roll tide for, 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 um, the lay, the layman, this award is like, uh, <laughs> the hottest or uh biggest hunk whatever you want to you know you know what we're saying Mo- it's it's most roll tide that's all you got to say the, the smokinest <laughs> yeah um okay so we've got princess tamina from prince of persia an spateri favorite there roll tide <laughs> we've got Liu kang from mortal Kombat with his amazing mullet and sick bod amazing martial you know what also roll tide for that mullet that thing's <laughs> fucking that's a weapon in and of itself and i just i just uh i'm i'm in love with his passion for for uh, his brother i don't know um <laughs> we've of course got chun lee from street fighter oh roll tide just yeah speaks speaks for herself uh Geralt of rivia from not roll tide no andy was very opposed to this um it's really affecting his his (laughs) love life in a lot of ways (laughs) Um, Uh. final final nominee is of course big bertha from super mario brothers roll fucking tide buddy that scene hell yeah that dance scene with mario is is nuts sexual energy just off the charts literally the the sexual tension you could cut with a butter knife it is absolutely bonkers i wanted mario to dump his girlfriend like get together with big bertha because she obviously knows what's up when he when he's Um, begging her to punch him oh man (laughs) just real she she just grabs him like undertaker choke slamming someone and like smooches him right in the face i was just like fuck yeah Good shit. Um, unfortunately, there can only be one winner, and unfortunately for Andy, the Virtual Theater Academy has selected uh, Geralt of Rivia as uh, the most roll tide because he's he's a major hunk. What can you say? You know what? This is BS, and I just wanted <laughs> to say, I think if I saw Henry Cavill in real life, I I could I think I could take him. You could t- what about if you saw him in a in a hot bath? How big's the bath? <laughs> uh, it's a it's like a giant bucket, I guess. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Well, it 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 can't be that big because I think Sam would jump in. <laughs> <laughs>
fucking Geralt. There you go, Sam. If you're listening, you won the most Roll Tide, so you can have that one. Let's move right on to the baddest fight in the last year of virtual theater. Hell yeah. There are some absolute, like, bangers in here. Oh, I, It was hard to limit it to just five. Yeah, we were... There's a... There's, um, I wanted to give an honorable mention because we had it on here for a, a moment, but we had some stuff from Double Dragon because there are some, uh, there are some awesome performers in that, like legit stuntmen and martial artists. But then there are also a lot of people who are not, and it shows <laughs> at times. So it's a weird, it's a weird case. But I, I, f- I would have felt wrong if I didn't shout out like Mark Dacascos and some of the other uh, awesome guys who worked on that. Uh, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll just give a quick bit of love to Guile versus Bison. Yes. Because it's like it's it's an awful fight, but like, damn, that kick is so fucking awesome at the end. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's best represented by one liners because I, I my one of my favorite parts of the movie was when Bison was talking about how he's a god or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So these are good. We couldn't narrow it down to just five. So those are there's some good honorable mentions. All right. Here we go. Fight number one, Cloud Strife versus Sephiroth. And this fight is so (laughs) ridiculous, so silly, and so over the top that I love it. And there is also a awesome remix of One Winged Angel playing in the background that is uh, aptly named Advent One Winged Angel. It's like this awesome guitar, like they got the Latin chanting going on. It's good shit. Uh, I loved this fight when I was a kid. I still love it now because it's it, like it's just so insane. The whole movie has um, pretty bonkers physics that don't make any sense, and I love that. It's 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 yes. throughout the. It's hard to just say one fight, especially because like the last forty five minutes of this movie is just an action scene. Like the last half of the movie is just a long fight or one long cutscene. Yeah, but yeah, hell yeah. All right, next up, and this one was actually, like, legitimately fucking awesome. Uh, Trevor Belmont versus Alucard at the uh, at the end of Castlevania Season 1. And we had just met Alucard, but it felt like there were some really big stakes attached to this fight when it happened. Yeah, and you had the, the third element of the... I forgot the other character's name, but... Uh, oh, geez, it starts with an M. Um, <laughs> but she was cool as a part of that too. It had a good story, I guess I would say. Yeah. Um, and the ending was, was quite awesome. Like they, uh, they all kind of decide to work together. Um, and actually spoilers, Gook, cause I'm not sure that you've seen season two, mm-hmm. but there are some awesome fight scenes in season two. And that kind of, uh, that dynamic between the three really plays into, um, the, the season two. I want to say her name's like something Bernardi or something like that. I, this kills me that I can't remember her name. <laughs> well, we'll get back on that horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Liu Kang versus Reptile from Mortal Kombat. I think that this is like the most legit fight in that entire movie. Yeah, that or I would say with um, Sub-Zero or even oh, I think even the last one, the ones where you have like, I, I don't know, the Johnny Cage and uh, what's her name? Like they 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 weren't like traditional trained fighters, mm-hmm, so yeah, you have some limitations there. But I I know that you really liked um, Scorpion versus Johnny Cage. I I, I really I, I kind of shit on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I that would be my pick just because I for the ridiculousness of it and like you know the 
breathing fire skeleton head exploding uh it's amazing but i think to actually give some legit workers uh, a shout out that this is the best choice um next up for the best fight Geralt of Rivia versus Renfrey and her entire gang at the end of the first episode of The Witcher. This was fucking wicked. This was sick. A very, very well choreographed too. Like kind of, and we talked about how like sort of video gamey it was with some of the sound effects and like the way they fought. Mm-hmm. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was badass. Um, like in in all seriousness, I I was just kind of joking about Henry Gavel earlier, but like. Like he looked fucking awesome in this sequence. Like from from the way he handled the sword to like the way he was moving, uh, it, it was awesome. I watched and I watched a video about the choreography of it, and it seems like they put a ton of work into that. So, shout out to them for the effort. The last one, Gooey. The last nomination. <laughs> the feel no pain fight from House of the Dead. Yes. By by God, we've got our heroes. They've got guns and they are just firing nonstop, clip after clip at these zombies coming in feel no pain is playing the fight goes on so long that it goes to a next song and then it starts to (laughs) to loop and play again yeah they use one grenade on one single zombie there's that matrix like shot where the bullet splits apart bullet splits apart it's so remember remember they throw a singular grenade down to a singular zombie who's down in a well yes that was good shit <laughs> it is so everyone gets a cool moment uh some of the some of them don't look like they know how to hold a gun it's just so ridiculous it is everything house of the dead is oh they're cutting in clips from the game too which is ridiculous. oh yeah of course which is just insane it's um yeah it's just nuts <laughs> Let's go ahead and reveal our winner. And the winner for the baddest fight in the VTAs is... What else could it be? Feel no pain! Yeah. (laughs) This just... We had to give it to it because it's just so... I feel like it embodies this year of the show. Of... Uh, I agree. I think that there's four like pretty legitimate fights on this list. Yeah. And then there's feel no pain. Yeah, they got kind of screwed over. Even I even feel like Double Dragon, you know, <laughs> had actual better choreography <laughs> put into it. But this takes the cake just for the pure schlock and awe. <laughs> good word. Good word. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our Good Vibes good Award. Vibes. Um, Fuck yeah. This was, how do we describe? Well, it's just the movie that had the best vibes. It, it It's similar to adaptations, again, like. But this was like what what created a world? Everything you know, set set design, vis- visuals, characters. You know what 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 world was giving off the best vibes? <laughs> so mm. we had the the Blade Runner vibes of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, very distinct, iconic. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want a cyberpunk Super Mario? <laughs> exactly. We had the. Uh, the noir vibes of detective Pikachu and not just that, but noir Pokemon. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, you know, you, I think of like the underground club fight fighting arena or whatever, like just cool. It's not the stuff you're used to seeing from Pokemon. It's kind of like the gritty underworld of it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, you have the, the ultimate 
cheesy 90s vibes of the Street Fighter movie. Um, uh, 100 pure fromage. Good yeah, shit. Yeah, just total Looney Tunes cartoon world. Again. Uh, you have the the gothic Castlevania vibes of the, of the animated show. Just a g- very distinct style, and I feel like very strong. Uh, very, very mature, very convincing, very like it, it sets the mood from the first moment of oh, that show. Yeah. Uh, and again, we had it under adaptation because it, it just brings the world to life and perfectly. Um, bat, there's bat holograms. I remember. Uh, Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we have the the complete we've we've gotten cheesy, but here is trashy to the greatest it's- degree. In House of the Dead. <laughs> Trashy, unprofessional, cheap, like just Oh yeah, cut corners. House of the Dead. Um oh. just garbage. Use they shot footage from the game with a camcorder and from an arcade <laughs> and put it in the movie. Uh it's just it's just a real there's there's a guy puking on a girl. It's just something else. But there can only be one winner. And that is the gothic vibes of Castlevania. Hell yeah. You know, this is another one that I feel like we had four legitimate contenders and then House of the Dead. <laughs> we we couldn't we couldn't fuck Castlevania again. Like the the way that this show just the, the atmosphere that it gives off is just uh man, it is it's awesome. It's yeah, it's a great I, show. I can't wait for you to watch season two, and I can't wait to cover I'm, season I'm two. I'm looking forward it's, to it. It's wicked. And season three is is out uh, imminently as well. So good time to be a fan of Castlevania. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, let's go on to the best visuals for a movie. Um, this one's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, so let's just run through them. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children still looks incredible to this day. Uh, Detective Pikachu, uh, again, the CGI Pokemon just look amazing. Sonic the Hedgehog, a little bit disappointed that Monster Sonic was taken <laughs> out, but, you know, Sonic looked great. The redesign, yeah, this is for that redesign, because a lot of people were happy, and, yeah, he looked good. Tails looked good, too. There you go. Uh, again, Castlevania, just its style it is just timeless. It looks so good. It's drawn so expertly. And to wrap it up, Ace Attorney, which just has some really bonkers shit in it that doesn't look <laughs> bonkers. Yeah, they have all the the like graphics of like the screens and like when when someone's like guilty, you know, you have like the guilty effect. I just thought all the little like effects that they had in there looked really cool and it helped with the world. It just made that world seem a bit surreal. Well, let's go ahead and open the envelope, see who is our <laughs> winner. And it is Detective Pikachu, it's second award of the night. Ooh, it's uh, starting to sweep. Oh my god, shout out to uh, Detective Pikachu. Very well earned. Those Pokemon look fantastic. Yeah, the realistic Pokemon are, were something that were kind of debated for a minute, I feel like, too. And I wasn't even But they sure. didn't look bad realistic. Like, Sonic looked bad realistic. These yeah. Pokemon look great. Yeah, because they still kept the... It was more like the fur and... <laughs> detail of them but they still looked like their characters some people were freaked out by the realisticness still like mr mime <laughs> it was a bit disturbing that that motherfucker was creepy yeah okay so now we're on to S- speaking of creepy 
<laughs> run to the uh, Uwe Boll Honorary Director Award for excellence <laughs> in directing, of course. Hell yeah. So good that they named the category after him. And who better to nominate than uh, Uwe Boll himself as our first nominee for House of the Dead? Then we've got our uh, our old friend Paul W.S. Anderson for Resident Evil. Um, he didn't actually direct Resident Evil 2, but he's kind of in charge of that series. He direct- he wrote it. Um, and Mortal Kombat. Uh, just <laughs> a trio there of flicks. Um, we've got Takashi Miike, or Mika, who did uh, Ace Attorney. Um I th- I thought he did a great job. I think and and Andy and I were. You know split, what? But. I I I was only split because I think he did a great job. The Japanese uh, style maybe just wasn't for me, but like when I look at that movie, like the way it looks, the way uh, the way it was shot, the how concise for the most part it was. Yeah, I thought that they uh, did a really good job. Okay, so got a shout out there. Um... Then of course we've got uh is it Rocky Morton, Annabelle Jenkel, or Morton and Jenkel who did the Super Mario Brothers movie. They, you know, made this Blade Runner Mario movie very weird. Um also they got fired before the movie was done, so Yeah, props to them. <laughs> <laughs> props to them. They maybe poured a hot coffee on someone, who knows. Um and then oh my gosh. Is this a prank? I can't say this good name. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> uh, and let's just say Ed's oh, all right. Ans- and Andrzejev Bartuayakak. This is the guy who That's directed right. Doom and brought gave us Doom Monkey. Um, he gave us Doom Monkey. What more needs to be said? Yeah. What more do you need? Yeah. Um. So <laughs> the winner. Might surprise you. <laughs> uh, the winner of the Uwe Boll <laughs> director, director award, award is Paul W.S. Anderson. Woo! Because he, yeah, he just brought so many of these movies. <laughs> I mean, we wa- we chose to watch them all, but I, I mean, you just look at his track record, and uh, whether you love him or not, you know, he's he's there. He's he's sticking up for video games. I think. I think he genuinely likes making them like Uwe Boll. I know it seems like he has the disdain for video games, uh, which is fine too. Uh, but also Paul W.S. Anderson uh, loves his wife. <laughs> he, there, he lo- there you go. That's, that's very commendable. He's putting her in his movies and she's incredible. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to what else he'll bring us with uh, monster hunter and the other resident evil movies. Yeah, I mean, our boy's not slowing down. He's still uh, he's still going hard for the video game yeah, I, genre. So I think this should be renamed Who else could the Paul W.S. Anderson <laughs> Director Award. Next year, we'll rename it when Paul W. doesn't win. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. he's gotten his due, I think. And these are probably his best, his most noteworthy achievements. So um, uh, we'll see. We, we still got a lot of uh, movies to plow through. Yeah, we'll see uh, how Resident Evil 3 does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right let's keep it rolling here we got three left and goo these are the three big ones i think yes um, best villain best hero and the virtual theater movie of the year so let's start off with the villains and this oh, again boy. this was hard this is a crowded to narrow down. category yeah 
Let's do it, though. The first nomination, King Koopa from Super Mario Bros. The evil dictator himself. Uh, what what can you say about this guy? He is a blood-sucking... What do they call him? A blood-sucking son of a lizard or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry Lassard. Blood-sucking son of a <laughs> snake, maybe? I don't remember. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, then I don't know what does. This guy is... De evolving people. He's uh, he's got fungus all over Dino Hatton. Dennis Hopper. He's, I said this the other day because I've I've been watching a lot of movies he's in, but he's truly a legend. I love him. And you know what? Shout out to shout out to Lena too. I feel like I wanted to mention her because she's she's awesome in the movie, and they have a great dynamic. Yep, she was a uh, she was definitely a good uh, mini boss. Let's just yes. say on the road to get to Koopa. Um, next up, we got Sarge. AKA the rock from doom. And I actually like, I think the rock did a really good job in this movie. Like he was, he was definitely like very villainous towards the end, especially when he was like in monster form. I thought he was great. And I'm I not agree, saying yeah. that to be funny. No. Yeah. He was, um, other than doom monkey, he was, uh, selling me on a lot. Of, Cause I didn't really <laughs> like the movie. Um, but I had fun with it cause of him and cause of stuff like doom monkey. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, The Rock kind of poked fun at him being in Doom a couple months ago, but I think that he did a, a decent job in this movie. I don't think he has anything to be ashamed of. I just um, want Sarge next, back. <laughs> fuck yeah, I wish that Sarge and... Actually, Sarge and Doom Monkey. If they were in Doom Annihilation, that would be a 10 <laughs> out of 10 movie. Uh, next up, Dr. Robotnik from Sonic. Yeah, this is all pretty fresh in our minds, I think. Jim Carrey just really took it to another level. He channeled his Ace Ventura. He grew a fucking hell of a mustache. He was great. He stole every scene that he was in. Yeah. Yeah, he was my... He, for me, I think I said this in the episode, but for me, he raised the movie from a 6 out of 10 to a 7 out of 10. Uh, he really made a lot of the movie for me. All right, let's keep it going with the absolute legends of course, I'm only talking about M. Bison <laughs> from Street Fighter, played by the late, great Raul Julia. He's uh, so incredible. many classic one-liners in this movie. Just that intimidating voice, intimidating presence. Uh, what can, what, the dude's a legend. Yeah, he should, yeah. Uh, Raul Julia is incredible. Um, you know, it's sad, it's sad that, you know, he passed... Uh, while, you know, while this movie was in development. But, I mean, honestly, whatever people think about it, this is this is a good one to go out on. I, I agree. This is, a again, maybe not the best movie, but a performance that you can be proud of. So, M. Bison. And our last nominee, Koga Shuko <laughs> from Double Dragons. Yes. Straight off the set of Terminator. Yeah, good old... Uh, we're just robert patrick is his name. robert yeah. patrick i love i love robert patrick i feel like he should have done more um i think he's good in this and this is in double dragon is not that great but i think he looked i remember we were commenting that he looked like he was having some fun he looked like he was having a blast he was probably drunk like every day <laughs> and just loving life the, that's called Which, the bob hey, hoskins shout out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's pick the villain of the year. The award goes to M. Bison. Raul Julia with that iconic 
bison delivery, iconic bison vibes, just on another level. This yeah. guy, so good. And this is a this is a great field, but um, uh, for me, M Bison was the the clear winner. It's it's kind of nuts looking at this this category of five characters. It's like five five I think incredible performers incredible actors you know that's kind of wild for these i mean say what you want about the movies but for this uh genre that doesn't normally get respect yeah no totally that's uh high caliber actors and uh i i truly think that like everyone in here did a really like good job like um yeah, Kogashuka was kind of hammy, but like I think The Rock was awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that Raul Julia was awesome. I mean, he was obviously hammy too. Like Koopa was great. Jim Carrey was wicked. So yeah, I think like all five of these were legit. I yeah, think. they rose and met the call. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> all right, so we have best hero. Um, of course, what would a, a video game movie be without your protagonist? First up, we've got. The Super Mario Brothers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Um, Want to give a shout out here also to to Daisy. I feel like we don't shout out every character, maybe even Toad, but Daisy, she was great in this too as kind of a, a secondary protagonist. Hold up, we got to shout out Yoshi too. And Yoshi, if we're gonna do that. yeah, we've yeah. got to mention every character in this movie. I think. <laughs> um, Iggy and Spike roll tide. But Samantha Mathis <laughs> is a great great actress and. Uh, she did great, but uh, of course, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, I I fucking love these guys. Um, next up, we've got Alice from the Resident Evil movies and and Monster Hunter. Let's just say, <laughs> played by Mila Jovovich. Um, in the first movie, she actually sucked, but um, she's pretty badass in the second movie, and I think Mila Jovovich is is perfect in this role. So she'll probably be back next year for the uh, the 2021 VTAs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 2021. If uh, So I bet you this isn't the last we see of Alice either. Yeah. If we don't watch another Resident Evil movie in the next year, I'm going to freak. <laughs> um, OK, we, we've got, of course, Colonel Guile. <laughs> the legend. Played by the the unrivaled Jean-Claude Van Damme, <laughs> the all-American hero. I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison. <laughs> so good. Um, we've got the ultimate hunk, uh, Geralt of Rivia, uh, played by the uh, amazing Henry Cavill, just doing this, doing this amazing uh, combat, looking looking good in that armor. I think I could take him. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, great character. Good stuff, and then I, I loved it. Just the, the, his his voice, like fuck. Whenever he said that, I I <laughs> thought it was hilarious. Uh, and our final nominee is Sonic the Hedgehog himself, played by yeah the the incredible Ben Schwartz, funny guy. Um, you know you uh relate you, you feel for him in this movie, so he makes for a pretty good protagonist, I would say. Hell yeah. That's a that's a solid field right there. Yes. Um but the winner of this category is of course the Super Mario Brothers. 
Hey, I mean, yeah, who else could it be, right? Mario, they're, they're both just so... I love their their relationship. I love their dynamic. I love I love Luigi and, and Daisy's chemistry. I, I love their story, even though it's there's not much going on. Uh, they're just so damn charming. John Leguizamo, what can you say? John Leguizamo. <laughs> Good shit. Yeah, no, 100% good shit. But you know what the cool thing is, is like we said about Alice, Alice will be back, but so will Sonic probably, so will Geralt for sure. Uh, This isn't the last we've seen of these characters. Yeah, sorry to Guile, though. Yeah, but you know what? Bison is the the real MVP of that movie, (laughs) I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do it here, Goo. Let's uh, let's do the big award, the one that everyone's here for, and maybe we'll go back and forth with the nominations here. The virtual theater movie of the year. There can only be all one, right. so let's run through all the nominations. Let's start off with the one that put us on the map, the very first show that we ever did. It was all about Street Fighter. We've talked about Raw Julia. We've talked about the unrivaled jean-claude van damme there's so much good shit in this movie it's so cheesy there's these like really bad fight scenes that are really good um i love it as a kid i was you know i unironically love this movie i had a great time watching it this year um what can i say it read street fighter it's yeah you've said it all so our second nominee is uh castlevania season one uh, another yes. we just both love this it was an amazing adaptation uh a little you know a little short but in that same regard it never overstayed its welcome it's it's just action-packed in you know four 20-minute episodes uh i loved it mm-hmm. yeah it you know you nailed it on the head there it it it's not long but it doesn't need to be long and it doesn't there's no padding like it gets right to the point it's right to the story it delivers on what you want to see you know you you've got the final confrontation between uh trevor and alucard um and maria that's her name okay and um and it's just like it leaves you wanting more and i feel like it's important to be left wanting more versus like watching uh mewtwo strikes back evolution where you're just like fuck is this over yet yes so yeah castlevania um yeah that's i mean a great choice uh, our next nomination is the one the only the legendary the godfather of video game movies super mario brothers uh, i again i feel like we've spent just so much time talking about super mario bros on this episode but you know from the personal experience that we had watching it at the marathon that was one that was such a great night i'll never forget that uh, both of us grew up watching this movie i think it still holds up we you know we forged a a friendship with the guys over at the super mario bros archive so it's got that going for it um and it's just like it's fucking hilarious there's so many good gags there's so many good moments in that uh it's just and it it, it dared to be different it would have been so easy to make a kitty super mario bros movie but instead we've got this blade runner fucking dystopian super mario bros movie everything about it rules you just stole all the words out of my mouth um okay 
Number four here is uh, <laughs> leave some people scratching <laughs> their heads, but it's House of the Dead because, I mean, we've brought this up so many times. It's just, we talked about that fight it's scene. Insane. It it does really capture the spirit of this show. Uh, Uwe Boll is a fascinating individual. It's kind of unfortunate we've only, we only covered him once. Like, I, I'm, I think we got to get another bull poll going soon. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, Goo and I were talking, and the next poll that we do is going to be another bull poll, so stay tuned for that. This, so like, you know, Mario and Street Fighter and Double Dragon, they they represent that kind of great, cheesy, you know, vibe of early video game movies. This is like, this represents like just truly the <laughs> garbage pale bottom of video game movies and like what they're truly resented for and i think it's amazing in that way this is what zelda fans call the downfall timeline (laughs) right here (laughs) uh yeah and it's funny because when we were doing our nominations you were like i think you're gonna disagree with this but what about house of the dead (laughs) and i was like actually i put down house of the dead too because it's just so fucking bonkers yeah so yeah there it is a legend but yeah, and not the last we've seen of him. Uh, our last nomination for Virtual Theater Movie of the Year, Detective Pikachu. This movie was full of charm. It was really well made. It was really well acted. It was really well shot. The visuals are awesome. Uh, I really like that it, um, again, it, it would have been easy to make uh, a, a straightforward Pokemon movie, but this is like, this is doing some weird shit. It's got like, it utilizes Pokemon that weren't really like household name Pokemon, like Mr. Mime, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it was just really clever the way that it presented its story. I think Mewtwo came off really well in this movie. Ditto. Uh, it was, it, you know, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I like I had like random issues with it or whatever at the time. But when I think back on it, what I really like is that it just it was OK with being kind of goofy and weird. And not not in the way that a lot of movies are now, though it had that where it's like a little self-aware, but just genuinely some of the plot elements of this are really weird for a movie that's meant for like kids and family. It's just really weird stuff. And in that way, I felt like it had it's it's sort of got the modern Mario Bros vibes where it's it's like this weird middle ground between like kind of. I don't want to say dark, but, you know, dark and edgy, but also family friendly. And just it creates this kind of weird middle ground. And I I think for this generation, it'll it could be some people's Super Mario Brothers. So there you go. Street Fighter, Castlevania, Super Mario Bros, House of the Dead, Detective Pikachu. Gooey, let's bring it home and let's reveal the winner (laughs) Of the Virtual Theater Award Movie of the Year. And the winner is... Super Mario Bros. Cue the scoot. <laughs> glug, 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 glug. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, what else could it be, right? The Godfather yeah. of all video game movies. Yeah. You know, when when people were talking about Detective Pikachu and Sonic and, like, we've broken the video game curse. These are the... We've now made good video game movies. I'm I'm being serious like Super Mario Brothers is my favorite video game movie 
And I know it's there's nostalgia speaking and all this stuff, but it just rules. <laughs> like it's it's a, such a fun movie. It's one of my uh, like you talked about the growing up with it. Like that's obviously a factor. There's but then there's like it's had one of my best uh movie viewing experience when we watched it all together with our friends mm-hmm. and all reacted to it. It's it's a type of movie that you can put on and it's constantly fun and goofy and entertaining. Uh every performance in it is amazing. Uh yeah, it's just great. It it honestly owns like i i've <laughs> heard some people say that it's a guilty pleasure but damn it i'm not guilty i i love i will tell anyone that like i love the super mario bros movie and you know even kind of like i said when we were going through uh the nominations but like it just uh it's the fact that like we watch it when we were kids we watch it when we're adults and and together and friends it it still stands up even if you're just watching it at home it's funny it's quirky it's different it's daring this is, you know, this is a, it's a great movie and it's in its own way. And it's just like this iconic, the fact that it's these iconic characters, but just reimagined, I feel is just so, it, it's just, what can you say? It's the best. Yeah, every, everything I said about Detective Pikachu, where it's like, it's okay with being weird. Like I, I like that they did this spin on it. And it feels so authentic. I remember saying in the episode about it that now we have all these video game move. Like, what if what if this video game was real life and they try to do it dark and edgy? <laughs> but, it, you know, they do these little you can find these on YouTube, but they, they always feel so forced where this is just like it feels so authentic, so much like they were like they really had a vision you know, I know, I know there's a lot like it was also a developmental disaster and everything, but through all of that, it's it, it is just this totally bonkers fun movie. You know, sometimes in order to grow, you need some rain. And that's what <laughs> happened during the production of this movie. And goddamn, it, it grew into uh, it grew into our movie of the year. Gooey is you what just, it grew you into. You just got to trust the fungus. Trust the fungus, baby. Glug, glug, glug. So, uh, so there it is. That's our virtual theater movie of the year. The first annual VTAs. Uh, I think, I think this went pretty well. I think that, uh, you know, when, when Mario Mario and Luigi Mario get their trophies, they're going to be proudly (laughs) displaying it on their plumber shelf. Looking at you, Johnny legs. (laughs) Uh, shout out to Johnny. Um, All right. Well, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Um, Of course, thank you guys for listening. And if you haven't already, make sure that you check us out over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. We've got a ongoing series right now for patrons at a $5 level. We're doing bonus shows, baby. And we are covering the Legend of Zelda cartoon episode by episode. Uh, we recorded a couple already, and this show does not disappoint. No, and I'm sure it's going to be showing up on next year's awards. Oh, a hundred and ten percent. I was there's a couple categories already where I was looking at what like one liner Jesus. I was thinking of of Link and his like literally the first words you hear him say to Princess Zelda in the series. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> yeah, it's good shit. So uh, again. Head over to patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. 
Uh, consider uh, throwing us a couple bucks just to help with the hosting. That would be much appreciated. You get the Legend of Zelda bonus shows uh, for at the $5 level. Even at a $1 level, you get all of the outtakes that we do. We had a good chat about Link's Awakening, the remake for the Switch. Um, and you get the theme, you get the notes, you get a lot of perks. So uh, that is the best way to help support the show if you love what we do here on Virtual Theater. Hard to believe it's been one year, but man, what a journey it's been. It's been a blast. It's every episode I've had so much fun doing. Yeah, I mean, there there are sometimes, I'll be honest, when I do my Zelda podcast, sometimes after we're done, I'm just like, ah, oh, that episode kind of sucked. <laughs> Don't let them hear this. Ne- Never have I felt that way about virtual theater. I legitimately think every episode owns. <laughs> like, even even when we cover shitty movies, I... I love it's what a ride. I love doing it, and I'm and I'm happy that uh, that you know we're entering year two, and it's and it looks like we got tons left to go through. Yeah, it's been great to do it with you, my my Mario brother, the Mario oh. Mario. I don't know. Do you want to be Mario or Luigi? Um, well, I I kind of want to be Johnny Legs, oh. but uh, I feel like you know Bob Hoskins is pretty cool too. He's got a kiss with Big Bertha. Yeah, so. I feel like you got to be. I feel like you would take care of me. Okay, I'll, I'll be Mario. Mario, uh, you're like you're like my mother, my father. My Never uncle. forget your tools. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Uh, we're out of here. You can check us out on Twitter at Virtual Theater X. Uh, we promise the polls are coming back eventually. Um, you can check Gooey out <laughs> at Gooey Fame and myself out at Spateri three sixteen. Of course, we want you to join our Discord. Uh, that's over. You can find the link in our Twitter. Uh, check us out over on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you leave us a review on iTunes and maybe slip the name of a virtual theater-esque movie that uh, you want us to cover, we will consider doing it. We're going to we're gonna clump all those reviews together, pick one of those movies uh, at random, and maybe uh, do that sometime down the road. So, again, that's for a five-star review over on iTunes. That's it. That's all. We hope that you guys enjoyed the first year of virtual theater and we look forward to uh to coming at you just as hot and heavy in year two baby <laughs> <laughs>